Welcome to Medicare for All Explained. This podcast will enlighten our listeners and dispel the distortions that surround Medicare for All. Medicare for All Explained is produced in collaboration with Physicians for a National Health Program and is hosted and produced by Joe Sparks. I'm your host, Joe Sparks. This is episode 58, What You Need to Know About Medicare, Medigap, Medicare Disadvantage, and How Medicare for All Benefits Seniors, Part 2. My guest, Diane Archer, is founder and president of Just Care USA, an independent digital media hub that focuses on health and financial issues facing boomers and their parents. Ms. Archer serves on the Brown University School of Public Health Advisory Board and is the past chair of the Board of Consumer Reports. She began her career in health advocacy in 1989 as founder and president of the Medicare Rights Center, a national consumer service organization dedicated to ensuring that older and disabled Americans get the health care they need. Ms. Archer received her J.D. degree from Harvard Law School. In Part 1, we discuss problems with Medicare, Medigap, or supplemental plans, and how Medicare Advantage puts you at a disadvantage. Part 2 discusses direct contracting, changes to improve Medicare, and how seniors would benefit from Medicare for all. And now, what you need to know about Medicare, Medigap, Medicare Disadvantage, and how Medicare for All benefits seniors, Part 2. Well, this will get into the broader question about what changes you would like to see in Medicare. Let me start out. Why not just take traditional Medicare? You know, why even bother with premiums? Just fund it out of taxes and make sure people have small out-of-pocket expenses. It seemed to be a lot simpler. And it, from what I understand, it might be cheaper because if I remember, Medicare Advantage costs more per person than traditional Medicare. So why not just do that? It would be the best way to go, the smartest, most cost-effective, most equitable way to go. Um, right now, um, our whole health care system, Medicare included, rations care based on ability to pay. And that is a travesty. People can't afford even small co-pays, let alone large deductibles, which they face in Medicare. They don't have supplemental coverage uh, in traditional Medicare and the Medigap as a general proposition. And those deductibles can be unaffordable. The co-pays can be unaffordable, which means that if your income is lower, um, you are often forced to forego what can be critical care. There was recently um, a report issued on people's access to prescription drugs in Medicare. And what that re- analysis found was that even a small increase, an increase of as little as $10.40 in a copay, could and did keep about a third of people, or no, I think it was a fifth of people, one in five people, from from filling their prescriptions, all their prescriptions. The 
out-of-pocket costs are just prohibitive for so many people. And we're not paying attention to who's getting hurt and how, and we're not addressing this huge inequity in our healthcare system, in Medicare. That is also the case in our commercial healthcare system for working people. We'll get back to the changes you'd like to see in Medicare and how it's implemented. But I want to discuss something else. And there's something new on the horizon. Well, I'm not sure how new it is, but there's something coming up. And I I don't think it's good. And it's called direct contracting. Could you please explain that? Okay, I'm going to try, Joe, to be really simple here. If it's not stopped, the Trump administration launched an ex- quote-unquote experiment um, that could end up forcing people who opted for traditional Medicare into a Medicare, Medicare Advantage-like system with insurers managing their care. And the way it's set up, the good news is that If that were to happen to anybody, you have the right to opt out and go right back into traditional Medicare. The bad news is that if this really goes forward the way it's designed, and we're trying to stop it as quickly as possible, the federal government could assign people who chose traditional Medicare to these Medicare Advantage-like insurance plans, and people may not even know what hit them. They may find themselves faced with barriers to care and restrictions on the doctors they can see and use and hurdles in order to get care um, that they did not expect. And again, this is a brilliant move by the Trump administration that the Biden administration needs to reverse ASAP. Um, They put a hold on pieces of it, but there's still a big piece that could end up putting people in a Medicare Advantage-like plan who chose traditional Medicare. Again, the good news is you can opt out. You have the right to opt out and get out as quickly as you can. And we would advise that you do so um, immediately. But it's not clear yet how people will know about their right to opt out and that it's a good idea for them to opt out. And so um, that is the issue of the moment right now for people with Medicare. So basically what you're saying is they could say, oh, you're going into this Medicare Advantage plan, and I have no choice what plan I can go into, but at least at present I can opt out of that plan. Almost exactly right, Joe. So the way it's working is that insurance companies that look and feel a lot like Medicare Advantage plans are buying up doctors' groups and luring doctors' groups into their network. If your doctor happens to be in one of those groups, you will be assigned to that insurance company's plan because your doctor is in that group. Now, you may not never see that particular doctor, And so it may not be relevant to you that your doctor is in that group or a doctor who you've seen is in that group. You will be assigned to that insurer's network. And again, yes, you can opt out 
but it will take you by surprise. And it's not clear um, that you will be told by the insurer that you can opt out or how you will know you can opt out. So one of the things I'd like to come back to, and we mentioned this, but what changes would you like to see in Medicare? If we don't go to a Medicare for all system, what changes would you like to see in Medicare that you think are necessary to protect seniors and so that they can get the health care they need without having to worry about cost? Okay. So we need to start with a low out-of-pocket cap in traditional Medicare. That would be a huge protection for uh, older Americans and people with disabilities because they wouldn't have to buy Medicare supplemental insurance if they didn't want to. It would help them if they did. The price of that insurance would come down considerably, though, if traditional Medicare had an out-of-pocket cap. And then comprehensive dental vision and hearing benefits would also be extraordinarily helpful. Um, right now, if you can believe it, it's like one in five people with Medicare have no teeth. Another one in five people with Medicare suffer from serious uh, tooth disease. So these are basic care needs that millions of people with Medicare have that aren't being met and that vision, hearing, and dental benefits that are comprehensive could meet, combined with that out-of-pocket cap in traditional Medicare. That would go a long way towards leveling the playing field between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage. If we were going to reform in Medicare Advantage, I think there are two changes that could improve it considerably for people. Um, and both of them actually mirror the way private health insurance works in every other advanced country that has private health insurance. Uh, what you would do is you would not pay the insurers up front for the care they provide, because that's just a recipe for them to take the money and run. Their priority is their corporate interests, their um, maximization of profits for their shareholders, and we need their priority to be their members. So the way to do that is not to pay them up front and say, you know, keep as much money as you can get away with, but rather pay them for the services they provide, but put them on a global budget so that they can't, um, they can't milk the system. And that's the way it's done in Europe. That makes sense. And then their incentive is not to avoid people with costly conditions, which is their incentive today, because people with costly conditions cost them more. And if it costs them more, then they have to spend more, which lowers their profits. So that's number one. Number two is we allow these insurers to decide what's medically necessary and what's not. They're supposed to be obviously following medical standards. But we don't know what they're following. We have no clue. We have no clue if the medical standards that they're applying suggest that you only need, you know, one physical therapy visit post hip replacement or how they're deciding what is medically reasonable and necessary. All we know is that they're making these decisions and that it's all secret and that 
based on um, a major Office of the Inspector General report, there is widespread inappropriate delays and denials of care and Medicare Advantage. That's inexcusable. We should be requiring them to follow the same medical necessity rules that traditional Medicare has in place. And if they want to change those rules in any way, then that should all be transparent and up for public scrutiny. They should be accountable for any divergences from the medical necessity rules that they um, that are followed in traditional Medicare. And they're not right now. They're not held accountable for any of these decisions that they make. Um, so if they're making narrow uh, decisions about what's medically necessary, they're getting away with it in almost every instance. So there's been a debate about what changes that President Biden could implement by executive order to make Medicare better or to cover more people. What, if any, changes could be implemented by executive order to make Medicare better? That's an excellent question. I don't know the answer to that question, Joe. I know that the Trump administration had, through executive order, tried to lower prescription drug costs in Medicare to an international benchmark price. But I don't know if that would have succeeded ultimately um, and overcome legal challenges by the pharmaceutical industry. What I do believe needs to happen is we need immediately um, a law in place that makes importation of drugs from around the world from verified pharmacies legal. Because that would begin to open up the possibility of people getting much, much lower cost drugs. A new report that was issued by the Government Accountability Office last week shows that we are paying two to more than four times what other advanced countries are paying for the same brand name drugs. And that is inexcusable. So um, we should be able to import those drugs. Now, right now, uh, millions of people do import drugs from abroad. It's illegal, but they do it and they've never been punished for so doing. But then, of course, you want your prescription drug coverage to um, cover those drugs at that lower price. There is also legislation that passed the House in 2019 that would um, set drug prices in Medicare and then also um, for people with private insurance at a level comparable to what other wealthy nations pay. That makes a lot of sense. The world is flat. We import food. We should be able to import drug prices. Uh, there's no reason we should be paying any, any amount more than what people in France and Germany and Switzerland are paying for their drugs. I'd also like to know what you think about Medicare for All. Would Medicare for All be a benefit for seniors? Oh, Medicare for All would improve health care for older Americans, for people with disabilities, for virtually everybody in this country. Um, it would be uh, much less costly than we're, we spend on health care today. And it also would provide much more comprehensive benefits than anybody in this country gets today. And 
specifically for seniors. It would provide hearing aids, vision, and dental. It would limit out-of-pocket costs, and also it would include drugs, so it would be much simpler. They wouldn't have to worry about all this other, if you'll pardon the term, they wouldn't have to worry about all this other crap that they need to do now. You got it. Exactly right. Um, You would have almost no out-of-pocket costs. All your care would be covered. You get to choose to see the doctors and hospitals you wanted to use. You'd have your vision, dental, hearing, and prescription drug covered. Um, Under one of the Medicare for All bills, um, you would have your long-term care covered. uh, So you wouldn't need to go into a nursing home. You could get the home care services you needed to age in place in your community, in your home. It's a much richer benefit. And actually, it is less expensive, is what the data show. Um, you would pay much less out of pocket and get much more, um, except for a tiny, tiny percentage of the population who are super wealthy. So before we end, is there anything that you would like to add? Um, I think that um, the only thing um, I would add is that it would be extraordinarily helpful for everybody listening in who cares about um, our uh, healthcare system to be contacting your members of Congress and the White House and letting them know, you know, how you feel about healthcare, that the system it could be working so much better if you have Medicare, that um, you need affordable prescription drug coverage, that an out-of-pocket cap on traditional Medicare would help level the playing field with Medicare Advantage and is critical so that you can have the continuity of care you need, and that Medicare for all ultimately is the way to go to ensure everybody in this country has access to the care they need to promote health equity and um, and just give everybody peace of mind. Just going to the doctor has become not only um, an exercise in intending to your physical needs, but also has become an exercise in dealing with way too much administrative bureaucracy and headache. Too much time is wasted getting critical health care, and it's keeping people from getting cared for in ways that are important. Unfortunately, that is definitely true. What you said that our current system prevents people from getting the care they need. Diane, thank you so much for being on Medicare for All Explained. You are so welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Medicare for All Explained. Remember to tell your family, friends, and colleagues about this podcast. Information about Medicare for All Explained can be found at our website, medicareforallexplained.org. The music for this show is Super Bubbly by Jesse Spillane. The logo was created by Lily Sparks. Thank you for listening.